Do you Hi. To- Hi. Do you want me to tell you the surest fire way to a nervous breakdown? Uh, sure. I can think of about a dozen right now without even trying, but you, you go for it. It's buying a new television and speaker and attempting to set it up. You are an idiot. Did you go ahead with that insane plan? It gets worse. and uh, <laughs> like, I heard that this was on the cards and went – didn't you get it during budget week or something? So you were actually trying to install. I just. I mean, my, I'm having a my level of a sort of a blood clot just thinking about it. But anyway, I mean, look, I've done some idiotic things in my life. I've, you know, rocked the end more playing one chord on the guitar, wearing a mini skirt and a t-shirt, bearing my own stupid. image, right? Yeah. So you know, um, I I bought a new television. It got delivered in budget week. Now, um, I mean, I know some people have actual proper hard jobs like trying to save people's lives and working down mines and stuff, and mine is not one of those. But Budget Week, it's not the world's easiest week for me, right? There's a lot of detail to get across. I've got to host a live show on Budget Night and interview the Treasurer. The next night I interview the the Prime Minister and then the next night I interview the Opposition Leader. So it's – and you've got to go through, as you know, all the budget papers. It's very mentally taxing. So what do I do when I get to the end of that week? Uh, The new television and speaker get delivered and I decide that this would be a good moment to have a stab at setting them up. I also did it when my children were in the house. So what's happened is I've – and I also – you know, just as along with doing it when I was mentally had absolutely no gas in the tank, I also. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just enjoying this so much because it just somehow makes me feel better. I don't know why. That just makes me the most evil slag, doesn't it? So, oh, sorry, keep going. I've also, instead of like setting up the TV and then when that was fully done, setting up the speaker, I've started setting up the TV. And like yeah. everything these days, it's making you use your phone and checking for updates yeah. for the technology and stuff. Yeah. So while the TV's buffering and setting itself up, I'm like, oh, well, I might as well start doing the speaker so I'm being economic with my time. So then I have two things that are sort of trying to speak to each other where neither of them is properly set up. Anyway, it was basically – and then the kids, because it's one of those things that's supposed to have Alexa in it, which is that Amazon, like, right. Alexa, turn the volume down. So the kids are super excited about the prospect of having Alexa. So as I'm trying to set it up, they're just – they're like, Mum, is it ready yet? Alexa, play some cartoons. <laughs> I'm just like, guys, don't speak to it. You can't – don't speak to it. <laughs> Anyway, it was – I was just – How long did it take you to cry? Do you reckon like oh. zero to 60? What? When I started, I thought, okay, you're not going to cry. This is going to be hard, but you're a strong, independent person and you'll be able to do it. Uh, probably, I don't know, 40 minutes. I was just a sobbing <laughs> wreck. Absolute <laughs> sobbing wreck. <laughs> just ready to die. So what's the current – what's the sit rep now? Like, I mean, uh, I, I don't have any campaign, I don't have no time or brain space. So does uh, look, the TV work? I think it works probably to about 75% capacity. I think I should save the remaining setup until I get home from hosting election night. Can you yeah. <laughs> Can you get free to air um, no. channels on it? No. no? Excellent. Uh, so you, you can't, for instance, watch your own TV show. <laughs> Not that you'd want to, it's crap. <laughs> I can get – I can play Spotify through the speaker, oh, which okay. is the first time – I've never had Spotify before oh. and I am in love with it, absolutely Right, so you're sick. just listening to a whole lot more music. I am listening to a whole lot more music. The fact music. that you can't actually watch television is, in that case, not so much of a downside of your television installation. <laughs> I, I can get uh, Netflix. Um, I can get sort of all of that kind of stuff. The kids seem to be able to navigate around to whatever they want. Although my friend Andrea, who's staying with me at the moment, broke the news the other night that she was watching on ne- something on Netflix and it just keeps crashing out of Netflix all the time. So. Oh. Anyway, it was just, I, I mean, what was I thinking, really? That's what you're normally thinking, which but, is nothing sensible. But a few people have said to me, like, you know, why don't you hire, you can hire people these days to come and set up your TV. I'm like, oh, really? Because I want to read in the paper, ABC Fat, fat Cat, cat spends tax money. Set up own TV. <laughs> 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 I 
TV. Has <laughs> slave to do it. Uses taxpayer dollars to bring in slave. You could have recruited within the ABC. Like there's, you know, you could have got Karl Kruzelnitsky to come and set it up or something. I don't know. He seems smart. <laughs> Just grab Andrew Denton or somebody in the foyer. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah. I, reckon Adam, I reckon Adam Spencer would be your man. Yeah, you probably probably Adam Spencer. I mean, look, any any cameraman, I think you could sort of just haul around. Actually, the most capable people I know in this building are actually women under the age of 25. Oh, yeah. Who have taught me everything that I know about how to work phones and stuff. Like, I, you know, I don't recruit in the man world at all anymore. I go straight to <laughs> essentially production coordinators oh, and gods, um, producers people. who are just like, yep, I'll do that with one hand while I'm, uh, you know, organising an entire run of a show. There's some people who just seem to make stuff happen and it's like, it feels like magic. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's maybe like, uh, the the world of like syncing phones and you know bloody blah. And even to be honest, anything beyond the basics on social media is just like like I don't know how to do some very basic things on social media Same. platforms that I use all the time. Yeah, I'm reminded of that great old story about Tony Abbott when he was um <laughs> when he. I can't remember, some staff member went to work for him and discovered that in his years of writing, you know, copious opinion columns and stuff like that, um, while he was a backbencher, he had basically just one Word document open on his computer and he'd write the <laughs> column, then cut and paste it into an email. And so he had like just one Word document. Up in to which, like 158,000 words. I know, right. Oh, yeah, that's so, gold. I know. And I remember um, oh, that's yeah, gold. Uh, hearing this story, it was like passed around the coalition ranks like sort of a sort of foundation myth of Tony Abbott, which, you know, hasn't he been awesome during this campaign? It's the only thing keeping me going. It's so brilliant. Oh, it's th- There's been already yeah, some quite enjoyable moments uh, in this election campaign, I must say. Not for me because I've got my children on school holidays and so <sighs> I sit before you really on the verge of a total nervous break. I cried a bit on my way in to work today. Oh. Oh. Um, and actually, like, just the last few weeks, um, I... Ah, oh, geez, I've been about to lose my nana. Like it's Why? just been full on. I don't know. Just like a bunch of, I think, um, budget and election campaigns is just like a super freaky time of year anyway. But I've got a book due in, um, or I've got a quarterly essay due in July, and mm. then a book due in August, and then I've signed up to a bunch of things in the Sydney Writers Festival, and then that. So that's the carpet arrangement that mm. and work, and then like. I think actually as this podcast has got a bit more widely listened to, I've been fielding the most hilarious range of different requests, all of which are so much fun and interesting, but they all kind of like mount up as well. So I've actually had this um, situation in the last few weeks where I've done a very, very, very serious and thing, and I'm not sure if when I tell you, you will change the way you think about me. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a the, two things sort of come to my mind. One is um, really interested to hear this, and two is I better not tell you about an email I've received this morning from somebody asking us to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, reply and not bring you into the loop. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have read a self help book. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Your face. Not a, not a. I'll just take a picture of your okay. face so that we can, like, you know, you okay. look lovely. So, no. in the priest hole, this is Sales's face. Yeah. <laughs> that 
I'm sure that works really well for the yeah. people listening to our podcast. Well, I can um, put it up in the show notes because awesome. I know how to do that. Well, actually, I don't know how to do that. Uh, to not, not a genre generally of which I approve. No, but, I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I read a book. Look, I just sort of looked for I – just, I just thought I'm really bad at saying no. And, like, you know how um, – oh, there we go. Interruption. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm just going to – Oh, well, that, that would be a fun s- phone call. I'm just going to put that on silent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You can call it back. It's not going to be a fun phone call. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I – and, you know, like, I must have – I mean, I've probably been a busy person for, like, 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but – and during – moments in that time where I felt overwhelmed by like, you know, just juggling stuff and, you know, feeling guilty about not paying enough attention to everybody or, you know, or or doing all the jobs that I have well enough and all that sort of bullshit that we all kind of lie awake worrying about from time to time. Um, People have periodically said to me, you need to learn how to say no. Mm. And I've sort of got cross with them when they've said that sometimes because I think, well, you're a person that's asking me to do something. Yes. You want yes. me to say no to everybody else and say no, yes to you. Yes. And that is often the case sometimes like, yes. you know, when people are like, you know what, your problem is you need to learn to say no. I'm thinking, well, you've just asked me to do five different things. Like, <laughs> you're going to tell me right? because I'm here for this coffee that you've been haranguing me for for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. a bit of a problem because, like, when you get to that stage where you're so where you feel a bit overwhelmed, then what happens is sometimes you get snappy with people who you love as well. Like you're like, oh god, don't ring me for a lovely chat right now. I can't bear it. <laughs> I referred to you, Exhibit A, when I was cranky last year that people dared ring me on my birthday. I know, I know that's Remember? why we talked about that. Yeah, that yeah. was actually yeah. God, that was a dark time. You're like, don't even be nice to me because I haven't got enough time. <laughs> To thank you for being nice to me. <laughs> oh Honestly, it's actually really messed up. Yeah. So um, I asked a friend of mine who's um, – and of yours actually who's a very busy person. Um, and when I was in the depths of this like actual sort of like I, – I, I had this problem in, in budget week and this is how I, got, I came to get onto this. I had this really sore um, jaw and mm. I thought, oh, my God, this is where my – like failure to go to the dentist for seriously about five years <laughs> is going to catch up with me because mm-hmm. I've now got an abscess. And Ugh. on the day before budget, I'm like, oh, my God, I can feel it. It's going to blow, baby. And if I go into budget lockup and my tooth blows up, like, they don't care. They, they won't, won't let, let you out. out. <laughs> It'll be Luckily for you, before I was posted as a foreign correspondent, I had to do this sort of um, disaster, what's it called? Survival um, training. Survival yeah. training. And one of the things I was given was a home dental kit and a few basic <laughs> lessons in the event that I ever found myself in a disaster zone and somebody had an abscess tooth or something like that that needed immediate removal. You could have extracted so, my tooth. In budget lockup. Imagine that, like, you know, Scott Morrison's wandering around, Josh Frydenberg, no, excuse me, I'm just extracting crabs, you know, third crabs molar. Crabs abscess tooth. That's right. Don't stand too what close, it's going to blow. <laughs> so that's what I was really worried about. I thought, oh, man, I'm going to be stuck in that lockup and my tooth's going to explode and no one's going to be able to help me accept sales, which is not going to be the kind of help that I want. So I went to my d- dentist who said, who are you? Um, who told no, me, look, this. No, that would have been funnier if he'd said to you, Annabelle Crabb, we're doing a fundraiser at our school. And I was 
<laughs> wondering if you'd be able to host We're it. We're looking for a speaker for the Australian Dental Association. It's on a Saturday in August. You're available. Any, any day that you're available for the rest of the year, we can do it. Oh, that's the worst, isn't it? When people say like, oh, we'd like you to come and do this. Any day, just pick a day that's convenient for you. I always feel like, that's dirty pool. The rules are you have to give a date and then I explain why I can't make it. Jeez. Anyway, God. Yeah. You can tell that I'm actually a bit out of my scone at the moment. Um, yep, so you've gone to the dentist. So I've gone to the dentist who said, love, there is nothing wrong with your teeth. They are fine. You are clenching your jaws and that is what's going on. And I'm like, what? Are you for real? I don't oh. clench my jaws. And then I thought about it and went, oh, my God, I'm doing it right now. Oh. And so um, I've been seeing a physio who's oh. been doing all these insane things to my neck. I've never been to a physio before. Wow. But she is working on my C1 and C2 joints and apparently that's, that's in your neck and apparently that's where it's all coming from. And she's like, oh. you need to get a bit less stressed. I'm like, oh, oh shit, Sherlock. <laughs> But Think we do what have I could a physio conference coming up that would be no, no. wonderful if you could come and talk about your positive experience having your neck manipulated. So I thought, why am I stressed? I feel guilty because there's all these people who have asked me to do things that I haven't responded to or that I'm kind of like, I'm a teapot, ignoring. And after a while, I've ignored them for so long that I feel like, oh, my God, I've got to say yes now. because I thought, hang on a minute. Let's unpack all of this. You know what you need? A new TV. <laughs> Yeah, are you are you free to install it? Any day this year would be a, would be fine with me. So I asked my busy friend, uh, who was deeply you? resentful because she was like, "God, I'm so busy, I don't have time to teach know, crab how to bloody I text say her no." At five past five. I'm like, <laughs> so I was just like, Whoa. so that's why I'm loading this into your emotional carry bag at five past five when you're trying to get your kids organised. Oh. Anyway, um, but she gave me a few pieces of advice. One was really good set of rigorous rules around saying no. Yeah. Um, when you're asked to do things. And the other one was that she um, recommended that I listen to this podcast where Oprah Winfrey talks about this. Now, it was the it was the, the first podcast of the Goop series oh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. You are excelling now, yourself I today. Self-help books. I, Goop with I Gwyneth know, Paltrow. I know. I thought, well, I've, I'm wearing a Yoni egg right now. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't need to listen to it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I've got something funny to tell you in a oh, second. Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. How is it that like a chunk of rock inserted into the vagina is something oh, that just triggers oh. you to think of something interesting to tell me? I mean, I can't wait. Um, anyway, so I listened to this podcast and actually um, our friend was right. Um, I was hesitant about listening to a um, goop podcast. Yeah. Um, but – it made me kind of realise why Oprah Winfrey is so incredibly popular. And I know that this, she's really kind of smart. She is. Anyway, yeah. but she said something that really, really, really made me start thinking about why I'm bad at saying no. She said um, – she was talking about a friend of hers who um, asked her to do things and um, then uh, – came back and asked her again. So, like, she's done stuff for this guy, like, a right. couple of times and then he's come back again. And she was kind of like, why are you asking me? Dude, I've just done something for you. Why are you asking me again? Oh. And getting kind of enraged. Oh. And then she thought, well, hang on a minute. Why wouldn't you ask me again? Because every time you ask me, I say yes and I make out like it's not really a big deal for me oh, because okay. I'm trying to make you happy. And that is on me. Right. It's not that guy's fault. I'm engineering this situation. And I thought about that and I thought, yeah, actually, if someone is asking you to do something, it's not in itself a stressful thing. Is this a really long-winded way of you telling me that you I can't don't come want to your birthday party. <laughs>
like kidding. You're not having a just birthday party. Just for any of my friends, I'm not actually having a birthday party because now like, it's going to be people who text me, oh, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to birthday party. I'm not having a birthday party. We're just being horses' asses. Um, oh, my God, you poor bastard. Um, so, um, and then I thought, well, actually, when someone asks me to do something, my default position is yes. And then I try and think of like, I sort of, Sometimes I feel relieved if there's, there's a reason why I can't yeah, do you it. You go, oh, what a shame! It's federal election night. I can't make it. And you're just Yahoo! thinking, oh, thank God. I yeah. mean, like, and that's the you know most of the things I get asked to do are actually awesome things. But the only problem is, of course, that I've then got to like on the day. Yeah. And this happens all the time. So, oh yeah, that sounds amazing because it does sound amazing, and I know I would enjoy doing that thing. <laughs> no, I don't titter. I mean, I li- I love doing you know. I'm tittering because I'm just, just thinking up my then, next lines. But then when it, the time comes Fat around, cat moans <laughs> about being invited to opening nights and. <laughs> Lovely yeah. parties. Yeah. Um, but then you've got to kind of like explain to your kids why you're, you know, nicking off and like, so that's mm. when, it, you know, that's, it, it's all, it's all got to be balanced, of course. Mm. Anyway, so I've changed my settings now. And my main thing is I will assume that I won't do things unless they're like, unless there's a compelling reason why it can work or it, you know. Right. And in order to, um, further enable this glorious resetting of my settings, I then um, went and found a book on how to say no and it's called How to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. And is it useful? Yeah. I mean, it it sort of gives you a few – it gives gives you a few kind of ideas about how to, you know, be straightforward about saying no without being rude. Mm. Yeah. and, yeah, uh, I mean, I sort of skim read it, to be honest, because I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's just that you sort of know what you have to do, but it's just still hard to do it. Um, I think the keys are respond straight away, because I often yeah. get into this thing where I think, oh, I'm sure I can find a way of doing that. And then I get more and more, like, I then I get asked to do more and more things, and then I'm kind of like, oh, my God, and there's that other thing, but now I've left it for so long that, of course, I have to say yes, and then I hate myself about that, which is so stupid. My problem is I assign problems to futurely so that presently can feel good. So... Um, someone will ask me to do something that I don't really want to do and so I'll say oh I just I'm really busy at the moment but you know I could do it next month um and so then it comes to the next futurely month will take care of it yeah futurely will take care of it and then futurely when futurely turns into presently presently wants to kill pastly yeah having oh, locked her into, that pastly is a real jerk um also somebody said to me I was talking to a friend about this exact thing um and he he was saying to me there's a great Oprah Winfrey sentence where she said, you have to remember, no is a complete sentence. Oh. You can just say no and not then feel like, oh, no, because I have to blah, blah, blah. I'm really sorry. Just like, um, no, I can't do it. I'm really sorry. Hope you have a great event or whatever. But um, he also told me just the most, I just wish that I had the guts to, to say no like this sometimes. A friend of his who edited a literary journal sent out a request to a whole lot of writers to say, would you consider writing XYZ for me? <clears throat> Somebody replied and their reply was, dear so-and-so, no, I don't want to. (laughs) How good would that be to just say that? So good. Oh, what a bunch of whining gets What a bunch of whining sooks. Enjoy Chat Ten. You can visit it. Well, that's going well. <laughs> if you enjoy Chat Ten, you can visit it. <laughs> what my friend is trying to say is, if you enjoy Chat Ten, you can visit our website www.chat10looks3.com. 
What are we actually saying? I can't <laughs> remember. No, no, keep it Like, this is gold. Keep it going. <laughs> Okay, visit visit our website. You can follow us on iTunes and leave a review. Um, Our website, Chat 10 Looks 3, just Google it, you'll get there. We've got a link called Bedside Table where you can buy books. Sometimes we have merchandise. You can download the podcast. Um, It's about it, isn't it? Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. You're the greatest. You're so good at this. Oh, can I just tell you my funny thing? Oh, yeah, tell me the funny thing. Yoni um, egg. What made me think of it was just, <laughs> but it, like, it's funny how sometimes a whole train of stuff goes through your mind. So when I thought, I think it's an election campaign, you said Yoni egg. I thought, what sort of voters would be users of Yoni eggs? I thought Greens voters. <laughs> right. Now, who knows? Could be Liberal Party Look, voters. Sure, yeah, Could be people yeah, on the North Shore. Yeah. I've got Erica Betts, you know. I have who absolutely knows? no idea. But, um, and then that made me think, Greens voters made me think of this thing that was in the Daily Telegraph, and it's a column entitled Correction. In his Monday column, the Daily Telegraph's Tim Blair awarded 8.2 smugness points to Sydney Greens candidate Matthew Thompson. Mr Thompson responds, I am deeply offended. I definitely deserve a 10. I'm a gay vegan cyclist. What more do I need to do to score 10 out of 10? I literally have a small bar fridge dedicated solely to homemade kombucha that my wonderful lesbian friends made up on their hobby farm. (laughs) In light of this, Mr Blair has agreed to add additional points. Mr Thompson's smugness rating now stands at 9.5. Mr Blair and the Daily Telegraph regret their error. (laughs) That's so good. How good is it? Ten points for your sense of humour, Matthew Thompson. (laughs) That is awesome. Now, what were we going to say you were reading? Well, I look, this is I've got a bunch of things that I should be reading before the Sydney Writers Festival because, you know, I want to be well. um, I want to do my homework because there's so many great writers coming. Um, I have, however, somehow taken time out of my schedule to read a book called How to Murder Your Life by Kat Marnell. And it is, I think it's sort of making me feeling better, making me feel better because she is such an incredible mess. You know the term hot mess? Like that was invented for this chick, right? Right. So she was the um, beauty editor for, oh God, one of those beauty magazines. Like it was, I can't even remember. Like a famous one, like Vogue or something. Yeah, something like that. And the sort of like, um, you know, child of privilege, f- fabulous kind of drug fueled life in um, New York completely fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is the story of how she completely screwed everything up. And it's kind of it's anxiety inducing because the further you get along, the worse she gets into drugs. And you know, um, but in the other hand, on the other hand, as I read, I do think, well, my life is not that complicated, so that's good. Um, That's true. So it's making me feel a bit better. Hey, yeah. do you know, I'm reading a book at the moment that um, the sort of proofs came across my desk. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't know what made me pick it up, but it's really sort of um, an unusual book and really sort of sticking in my mind. It's mm. called Three Women. Mm-hmm. It's by an American author called Lisa Tadeo. She spent 10 years basically, it's nonfiction, mm. Um delving deep into the lives of these three women, basically about relationships, desire and sex. And she's – I'm not quite sure how she's identified the three women, but she's immersed so deeply that she's gone and lived in each location where they live for periods of time to sort of get a sense of the rhythm of their daily lives and what the sort of towns are like. The first – so one of the women's name is Maggie. She, when she was in high school, was having – you know, was abused by one of the male teachers. She was having a relationship with him and then as an adult – decided to 
press charges. And so it sort of starts with her in a, I guess, deposition and then they go a flashing back to when she was a schoolgirl and what's happening. Another of the women's names is Maggie. She had the first one was called Maggie. Oh, sorry, um, Lena. Um, Lena is a woman who uh, had a high school boyfriend. Her first boyfriend, this guy named Aiden. Um, They've you know gone the way of high school boyfriends. Uh, She's married somebody else, and she's in a very unhappy marriage where her husband never even kisses her. She reconnects with Aiden years later and then they're having a, a secret affair and she wants to break up her marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the third woman's name is Sloane. Um, she's from New York but they now live in like Cape Cod or somewhere and she's married to a chef. They run a restaurant together but they have um, group sex with people and that's become known in the town. Oh, right, wow. And so it's this, in, it's this incredible deep dive into each of them and how they think about relationships, how they think about men, what's wow. happened in their lives that have formed their attitudes to Towards men and so forth. It's the style of, um, I mean, probably maybe other writers in different countries do it, but it's a style of nonfiction writing I feel like I've only seen come out of the US, which is that extremely immersive where people just spend years um, How with somebody. amazing. So hang on. So she's chosen these women, not at random, obviously, but they're not no. famous. They're not. They well, I presume been in Maggie, the, paper. the one with the sex, um, the teacher. She's press charges. Abuse. So presumably. I think it's she's... landed in the paper or yeah. something. And so there is a foreword or an afterword or something that I've looked at where she says, you know, I very carefully chose these women because I was looking not only for, for um, stories that had a certain, um, you know, interesting hook in them, yeah. but I needed women who could talk at great length and in great depth about all of it. So, for example, when she's talking about, when Lena's talking about Aiden, her high school boyfriend, they go back into great detail about when she first saw him at school and the first right. time they had sex when they were at school and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's really, it's like... Um, did you ever read Nickel and Dimed by Barbara Ehrenreich? Yeah, I did. So it's that style of journalism yeah. where – so that's a book where Barbara Ehrenreich spends a year or more, possibly more working in three different – I think it's three different um, minimum wage jobs, jobs yeah. to see what it's like to live on minimum wage and how you can do it. And there's various other um, – books that there's a guy called John Krakow who's written one I about Mormonism, one John called Krakauer. Into Thin Air. That's Three Cups of Deceit. Oh, no, no. Um, one about Mormonism is called... Uh, Under the Blue Sky. Un- Under the Banner of Heaven. Under the Banner of Heaven, yeah. yeah. Um, I love everything that John Krakow writes. He's amazing. Or it's like uh, John Barrett, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, when yeah. he lived in Savannah for six yeah. years. So it's just, it's absolutely sort of compelling. And, and, and it's just, she, I guess she's looking for things that, are universal about the way women behave in relationships, the way they feel about um, relationships, the way they differ to their attitudes in relationships to men. Um, anyway, it's just it's really compelling. Do you, think, do you think you'd – I mean, you wouldn't because it would be so completely bonkers for you to say yes to this sort of thing. But, like, if someone turned up at your door and said, hey, so I'm going to write this book. I'd love to write for you to be – for your story to be a third of it and I'm just going to come and live with you and Absolutely talk no to way. you about everything about your intimate life and then that will be in the book. Absolute, what do you say? Absolutely no way. Do you think Would Americans you? are so great at kind of disclosure, aren't they? Like They are. Um, I mean, I just think as well with any – particularly a good journalist um, – they're going to, or a good photographer, or a good artist, they're going to reveal and find things about you that you might not even be aware of yourself because yeah. you don't bring the necessary object- objectivity, you know, yourself. So, um, no, I just, I would never. Um, I'm totally going to read that book now, though. I'll flick it your way you. when I'm done. I, I, I'm finding you don't it. Be in it. 
It's yeah. It's one of those ones that I sort of get home every night and think, oh, I can't wait to get into you know. And wow, yeah. So it's very very interesting read. And what a what a unique idea. Yeah. Um, because it's not. I mean, I do. I love those sort of stories where, with the exception of the one about the teacher. And I guess the group sex one's a bit unusual. The other one probably is a more familiar type thing that happens mm. to people. They hook up with their yep. old high school sweetheart or whatever. But to a degree, every single person's story is just about a fairly ordinary life mm. um, and the sort of mundanity of just everyday life and the years clicking by and how you feel about what you were like when you're at school and so forth. And, um, yeah, it's just it's very well done. And she's a great writer. It's very interesting. Mm. Anyway, I'd, I would expect when it comes out, because it's not out yet, that and it this would This is probably... like a real dirty dirt move on your part to talk about this really interesting <laughs> book that's not out yet, but hopefully it's out soonish. Three yeah. Women, it's called, and it yeah. should be out pretty soon. Um, just reminded me, stop winding me up with that finger, with that imperious <laughs> finger. What, 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 what are we at time-wise? Um, about to hit 30. I was going to say she's giving me the finger, but you, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> Um, it reminded me of uh, a book that I read a while ago that I think I've not actually got round to telling you about yet. Just the first story that talking about Maggie who'd had an yeah. affair with a teacher and then decided later on to prosecute. Um, I read a book called um, Putney by a writer called Sofka Zinoviev, yeah. um, which is exactly about this thing, about um, uh, a woman, and a mature woman who um, – uh, had an extensive and long-running sexual affair with, well, was abused by a, um, a friend of her father's that she, while it was happening and afterwards, viewed as this extraordinary passionate love affair. But um, in adulthood, she's an artist and she sort of runs into an old friend, you know, and is tipped into kind of thinking from a different perspective about what happened um, with this guy. And the whole book really is about um, her process of re-examining that relationship and um, and his actions and so on. Oh, and it's really – it's really – I nearly put it down because there is a slightly confronting scene really early on. I maybe just think, oh, my God um, – but it is actually a really thoughtful and interesting examination of how you can, um, you never stop sort of revising your thoughts about things that have happened to you in your life. And I don't know, I guess with Me Too and everything, there's a lot of thinking going on about um, what people have accepted in the past and mm. what they won't accept now. I think it's a really interesting um, It is sort of um, – field. It is in some ways like it's a double-edged sword because I was going to say in one way it feels sort of a bit depressing to think that you can't have an experience and draw a line under it because you might then reassess in a few years' time how you viewed it, you know what I mean? Mm. But then I think – but then also the flip side of that is it could work the other way, that you could reassess something that's happened in your past, not necessarily even talking about relationships, just general life events. Sure. You might reassess something as a positive that didn't feel positive at the time. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of what life's about, isn't it? Just kind of – well, on that profound note, yeah, yeah, call man. it a day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. 